0: So the conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount this morning, the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus, the greatest preacher who ever preached, closing up the sermon. It's in Matthew chapter 7. We'll be looking at verses 24 through 29. Please turn there with us. Lord, I thank you for our time together. I pray as we uh, look into your word that you would speak to us clearly. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful sermon and all the things that we've learned. I pray, though, Lord, that they would become parts of our life, that that we would practice these things that we've learned. and that how you encourage us to do that this morning in this closing passage speak to us lord in jesus name amen so jesus was a master of illustrations and he concludes his sermon with a masterful illustration look how he does it look at verse 24 Who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell. And great was its fall. So two builders building houses. Two houses built on different foundations. A storm comes to each house. One house stands one house crashes to the ground. Simple illustration, and yet extremely profound and powerful. The symbolic meaning is obvious. The builders represent two types of people in life. The houses represent the lives that these two people are building for themselves. The storm represents trials, pressures, Pressures, problems faced in life. And when confronted with the storm, one life completely falls apart and the other life stands, depending upon what they've been building their life upon. Very powerful illustration. I want you to first notice the storm that Jesus mentions in this illustration. Notice the severity of it. Jesus uses strong language to describe this storm. Verse 25, the rain descended. That's heavy rain. Torrential downpour of rain. The floods came. That word is most often translated as a river. Gushing river of water flowing in and around your house. The winds blew, Jesus said. Very strong, tempestuous wind. The wind beat on the house. The house is being slammed with violent wind. The house is being assaulted from every direction. From down, above, all around and under. Wind is sweeping by and beating it on every side. It's a violent storm. I think of a Cat 5 hurricane. With sustained winds of 157 miles per hour, more than a 20-foot storm surge, torrential rains, or I think of an F4 tornado which reaches wind speeds between 207 and 261 miles per hour. Cars are thrown about like missiles. This is an intense storm that Jesus is speaking about. And then notice... The certainty of the storm. Everyone experiences storms. There's no if the storm comes. It's assumed that one is coming. Jesus is essentially guaranteeing storms that will shake the foundations of our lives. Both houses... Face the storm. In fact, if you look at the two verses, verse 25 and 27, the storm is described using identical language. It's the same storm that comes to each house. If you're not ready for the storm, it's coming. If you are ready for the storm, it's coming. Just because you prepare for the storm doesn't mean you won't face a storm. Storms come to everyone. Jesus told his disciples, in this world you will have tribulation. Not in this world you might, but you will have these things. Peter tells us in 1 Peter. Chapter 4, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though something strange happened to you. These, don't consider these things strange. Don't be shocked. Crazy storms are coming. What storms? Well, the pressures, the trials, the calamities, the tragedies that happen to every single person living in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, and storms come. Tough things happen. Sometimes it's big, global, catastrophic things. For instance, on October 29th, 1929, a day known as Black Tuesday, the stock market crashed, lost 40% of its value and $26 billion in wealth, vanished in three months. It took 25 years For the market to get caught up. Unemployment soared to more than 25%. People's savings were wiped out. People who were rich became poor overnight. Many were homeless. That was a crash that you could hear and feel around the world. And that can happen again. I think of another Black Tuesday. September 11th, 2001. The crash of the Twin Towers. Do you remember that day? The collapse. How it changed everything. Who can forget of the, um, the events that happened in 2020? February, March. An entire globe shuts down. People living in fear over a pandemic. Storms like that. And by the way, if you study the last day prophecies in the Bible, we haven't seen nothing yet. There are storms coming to this planet like we've never seen. The last day is filled with catastrophic types of things. So those types of storms. And then it's the difficult things that people can face personally. Sickness. Financial loss. Accidents. Death in the family. Stress, relationship problems, injustice, crime, addiction, violence, all the different things that come into a person's life that are hard and difficult and scary. There are people all around you right now experiencing a storm. If you listen real carefully, there's people all around you right now and you can hear their lives crashing. People suffering the crash of a marriage the crash that comes with reckless living, being crushed under the weight of stress, anxiety. Perhaps you've experienced a storm like that. Maybe you're experiencing one right now. If not, they're coming. Storms are coming. And then really the ultimate storm, if you think about it, is this. Death. When you breathe your last. When life for you here is over. And you depart and you go into eternity and you stand before God your maker. That's the ultimate storm. And should the Lord tarry, everyone will die. Mark Twain was right when he said, nothing is certain except for death and taxes. I looked that quote up. I discovered that Mark Twain died April 21st, 1910. Yeah, the guy who said that's been gone for 113 years. All people die. And then they face the judgment. Hebrews 9 says, It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. The ultimate storm. I want you to notice the builder of the house that collapses. Notice how Jesus describes this person in verse 26. He says, Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. This man is foolish, and it's the Greek word moros, and yes, we get our English word moron from that word. This is a silly, stupid, Careless, lazy, morally dull man. He's a fool. Why? Because he builds his big, beautiful house on sand. The foundation is the most important part of the house. I know it's not seen, it's hidden. But it's the part that holds the structure up. You don't build a house on sand. Maybe this guy was cutting corners. Maybe he was trying to save money. But you don't cut corners on the foundation of the house. Reminds me of the young man who was employed by his father, a building contractor. And the son was dissatisfied with his wages. He thought dad should pay him more. One day the father came to him and said, Son, here are some blueprints. I want you to have entire charge of this job. Do your best on this house, it is for a special friend. And the son thought to himself, Here's my opportunity. I'm going to use shoddy material and cover it up with paint. Father will never know, and I'll put the difference in my pocket. This he did. Finally, the house was completed. It looked good on the surface. The young man had just been married. A few days later, the father came to the home of his son and said to him and his bride, Son, I know your wages have not been large, but I had it in mind all the time to give you this house you just built. Here is the deed. It's yours. (laughs) No Christian should ever do shoddy work. Everything you do in your life, you do to the best of your ability. Building a house on sand is foolish because the storm comes, the rain descends, floods come, the wind beats against that house. And what happens to that house? End of verse 27 it fell. And great was its fall. Meaning it was absolutely destroyed, violent, loud, completely wiped out. Such is the result of the fool who builds his house on the sand. Now, that foolish builder is speaking about the person who builds his or her life on principles and activities that can never bring true security. This is the person who builds their whole life on principles and activities that can never help them in the storm. They'll be failed by it. And a lot of people, they'll spend their whole life you know, one of the most common things is for people to spend their whole life uh, building wealth and money. Thinking that, at the, you know, man, that, that's the safest thing to do. Money can help, no doubt. Wealth can help, but it can also be messy. It can add to the storm sometime. Think of the high-profile divorces among celebrities. Or the way some families fight over money when there's a death in the family. But certainly money will not help you the moment you die. You leave everything behind. We studied the the story of Jonah on Wednesday nights recently. And you remember Jonah's called to go to Nineveh. He goes the wrong way. He gets on a boat. And God hurls a storm at him on the boat. And this storm is so... Huge. It's about to fall apart. All the mariners on that boat are scared to death. They know they're about to lose their life. You know what they did with their cargo? All the goods that they're making all their money. You know what they did with it? They threw it overboard. Didn't matter at all. A lot of people will be surprised by that. Jesus said, what does it profit if a man gains the whole world? And loses his own soul. People will build their lives upon worldly principles. Good intentions. Cold religion that means nothing to them. And they don't last in the storms of life. They don't stand. And if they continue on that path. When they die they won't last. They will fall. Jesus will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. What about the builder of the house that stood? Look at verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is the guy who's sensible, who's discerning, who has understanding, who's prudent, who thinks about things. That's what the word wise means. This man recognizes that nobody sees the foundation, but you can't go cheap on the foundation, so he builds his house upon the rock. His house is grounded. His house is stable, real, solid, immovable. And the storms of life come. The winds blow, the rain falls, the floods come. But it stands. So this is the person who's building his, you know, his life upon principles and activity that do bring security. Principles and activity that don't fail in a storm. So yeah, the storms come and they hurt and they're scary and real tears are shed. Tough things. But it doesn't wipe them out. They stand. They're built on the rock. And when a person like this exits this life. They'll stand. Jesus will welcome them into his heavenly kingdom. What foundation are you building your life upon? And what's the difference? How do we know if our foundation is sand or rock? How do you build on the rock? Well, Jesus tells us it's crystal clear. Again, verse 24, look. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Verse 26. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. The foundation you're building for your life is dependent upon your response to the sayings of Jesus. The sayings of Jesus. What, what's Jesus? He says, my sayings. What's he's talking about? Well, he's talking about all the things that he just spoke about in the Sermon on the Mount, which we've been studying for the last several months. All the incredible truth that he gives. Those sayings. I would extend that. He's also speaking of all the other sayings that we have recorded in the New Testament. And all that the Bible says about him. I would even extend that to the entire word of God. Because I think Jesus wrote the whole book, don't you? The sayings of God. And notice, Jesus says, it's not enough just to hear. Lots of people hear it. A lot of people in that crowd that day heard what Jesus said. And by the way, they were blown away by it. Look at verse 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus was a mind blowing teacher. You heard him teach and he blew your mind. People were astonished. Lots of people heard his words. They astonished him. But it's not enough to hear. It's to hear and do. The person who builds his life upon the rock hears and does. The person who's building his life upon the sand hears the same thing but doesn't do. By the way, the same would go to reading God's word. Reading the Sermon on the Mount. It's not enough just to read. It's to put it into practice. It's to do. So we are not called just to hear or to read or to even say. Remember last week we talked about all the talkers. They run around saying Oh, I'm a Christian. Jesus is Lord. It's not hear, read, say. It's do. It's put into practice. It's obedience. If you're building on the rock, you're obeying. If you're building your life upon the sand, you're disobeying. Obedience is the instrument by which you build your life upon the rock, not the sand. And that's why James tells us in James chapter 1, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. We will come to him. And make our home with him. My brother, my sister in Christ, listen, my friend. It's about what you have actually received. And put into practice. And what you wake up every morning building your life upon. Please understand, first and foremost, if you want to build your life upon the rock, you must respond to the gospel message presented in the scripture. The Bible teaches very clearly that we've all sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. There's no way we can be righteous. As we've been studying through this whole sermon, Jesus has defined righteousness for us. It's beyond us. We can't be righteous. We can't be perfect. And that's because we're a fallen people. And Jesus says you need to recognize that about yourself. And you need to recognize that about yourself personally. Then Jesus says at the beginning of the sermon, blessed are the poor in spirit and those who mourn. That is your entrance into his kingdom where you come to the end of yourself. You recognize you have nothing to give. You're sinful and you mourn over it and you cry out to God. You place your faith and trust in Jesus. You recognize who Jesus is and what he's done. To build your life on the rock, it begins with a personal decision to place your faith and trust in him. You're not a Christian because you were born in America. You are not a Christian because you were born into a Christian home. And you grew up in a Christian church. You are a Christian because you personally received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that's beginning... Your life on the rock. Jesus is your rock. And then after you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus wants to change you and transform you. And he's put his spirit inside you and you become born again. And you should be seeking to live your life in such a way that pleases him. So you study God's word. You grab hold of it. You take ownership. You receive it, you obey it, you live by it. So you do marriage his way, parenting his way, business his way, friendship his way. You grow in your relationship with the Lord. You seek to worship like you were taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Something that's real on the inside, not just outside show. You learn how not to judge other people. You learn how to shine and be salt. You learn how to be pure in heart and merciful. All the different things. That, and you do it and you go for it. And you're building your life upon it. And I'm telling you, I've told you before. If you will follow the Lord and the things that you find in the word of God, you will eliminate for yourself many self-inflicted storms. You will. You can avoid all kinds of bad things in life. But having said that, you'll still experience storms. As Christians, we can experience persecution. We still experience the tough things in a fallen world, but I promise you, you will stand because your faith will make you strong. Nothing can take away your hope and joy in Jesus Christ. He will give you a supernatural peace. He will carry you through. I've always loved the the stories in in the gospel where they're on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And the storm comes. And the disciples are freaking out. And what's Jesus doing? He's asleep on the bottom of the boat. Eventually he gets up and he says, peace, be still. There's another story where he walks to the disciples on the angry waves. If you know Jesus, he's in the boat with you. He's with you. He walks with you. Sometimes he stills the storms. Sometimes he lets the storms rage and stills you. Calms you. Gives you strength. Alan, um, one of the elders at our church, he just did the call to worship. He also gave a beautiful testimony yesterday morning at our men's breakfast. And he got real vulnerable. He described an illness that he went through last year that was one of the most painful things he's ever experienced in his life. And just thinking back to it, he broke up. Broke down sharing his testimony. But he was able to say, in that very moment, though, He experienced the supernatural peace of Jesus Christ. And he experienced miraculous power. And eventually he was healed. Jesus will carry you through. I've experienced that in my life. At a particularly dark time in our life. When we were dealing with a sickness in in our family. It was a very scary moment. And I remember one evening so clear. I I was in the front yard. I just put my trash on the street and I'm coming back to my front door and I collapsed. I fell on my face in my front yard under my pine tree crying out to God and he met me. The supernatural presence of God his peace his joy the hope that you always have the storms come but you'll stand so build your life upon the sayings of Jesus hear them yes hear them Read them. Yes, expose yourself to them. But don't just do that. Do them. Take hold of them. Practice them. Spend your life building his kingdom, not your own. God will use you in mighty, mighty, wonderful ways. I'd like us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, what a wonderful conclusion to your sermon. Lord, how you you are concerned that we would never allow this faith to become academic only, theoretical. Lord, it's always something that we are to take hold of and move out upon. It's hearing and doing. And Lord, thank you that you can be our rock. You are the rock of our salvation. You died on the cross for our sins and rose again, and you can save our lives. And thank you that you ask us to run the race, but it's... But you've also run the race. You're the one that did more than anyone. You suffered and died for our sins. You're the author and finisher of our faith. And we run our ways looking to you. We thank you for all you've done. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please know to build your life on the rock, you must put your faith and trust in Christ. Have you done that? Otherwise, your life is built on sand. I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. Just in the quietness of your heart, if that's you, you pray this prayer. Say, Lord, be my rock. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again. I invite you, be my Savior. And fill me with your spirit. Put me on the rock. And then help me to live for you. Every day of life you give me. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a born again Christian. But you have been building your own kingdom. You've you've thought very little about building God's kingdom. You're building on sand. You're wasting time here. You get one life. One. It goes very quick. Build on the rock. If you've slipped away, you can always come back and Jesus will restore you. He will take your life and use you for his glory. Come back to him. If that's you, maybe in the quietness of your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming back. I want to live for you. Put me back on that track and let me run for you again. With everything I have, Lord, because you gave everything for me. Receive me back. Use my life for your glory. amen amen would you stand with me